0: They're all saving one, or most of them most of the Hampshire fielders are saving one. Somerset need one run. It's Edwards to Hildreth. He's there and bowls Hildreth and he gets the run away through the onside. And Somerset have won! They've
1: won the Royal London One Day Cup. Hello there, you're listening to Always Look on the Bright Side of Life. This is the Somerset Cricket Podcast. My name's Ian Shepherd, and joining me this morning, I've got Steve Tancock, El Presidente, Peter Wanless, and the voice of cricket on BBC Radio, Somerset, Anthony Gibson. Right, uh what get tell you that game finished. Thursday, um, was it ever in doubt, or were you like me, kind of hiding behind the sofa and thinking, God, we didn't need to win, why didn't we just make the game safe when uh, Sibley and Davis were, were clattering along at... Uh, Uh, It seemed to be about a runner ball looking in complete control of that game. And uh, all's well that ends well. Thankfully, we did uh, get away from Edgerton with a draw. Um, I was kind of sat there thinking to myself, Ian, you've watched loads of county championship run chases. You know that 360 is really difficult to get. All it takes, you've only got to take five wickets before they shut up shop. I mean... We say it was never in doubt, but was it ever in doubt, Pete? I mean, how 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 close were you keeping up with things? And uh, yeah, was your heart in your mouth and uh, for most of uh, most of Thursday?
2: Well, well, for me, this game was the kind of classic illustration of how disappointing it is to have a fixture list um, that is in the working week because I saw very little of of this game. Um, I'm afraid uh, I was following it through the notifications um, on my phone, which is the kind of equivalent of Nineties, eighties, watching on the c isn't it? So you sort of trying to concentrate on your work, but speculating on what it might mean when uh, there are lots of notifications or no notifications. So um, yeah, there were times when it was actually raining and they were off the pitch, and I was thinking we were, you know, <laughs> doing quite well, not having lost any wickets. And then you look at look at the score, and we've hardly got anywhere in the in the first innings. Um, so yes, others will be better placed than me to comment on how it was. I I was nervous all the way through but not for any good reason other than that Somerset always seemed to make it very difficult for us.
1: Well, that's that's the thing, is it? That, that is a uh, that is an unintended consequence of the this, this schedule of county cricket. I suppose that should be included in the Strauss review the uh, the loss of productivity amongst county cricket fans when all these <laughs> all these games are on midweek. I mean, I, I didn't get m- much done on Thursday, Steve. I don't know about you. As uh, uh, too busy uh, keeping uh, up to date with what was going on at Edgbaston.
3: I was. I didn't really pick it up until mid-afternoon because I was in uh, a client's and in and out of meetings nearly all day. And I was like, that, I, so I don't think I got the perspective you guys got because I was just like, yeah, this is fine. I've, I, I've got a lot more years of watching county cricket than you, Ian, and a lot more years of watching Somerset. So it was pulling pulling me both ways. I think I was slightly anxious around about the time. And listening to Gibbo on the way back, actually, Anthony, you got me more nervous than less nervous for some reason. <laughs> but then once once the wicket fell, I can't remember who it was, Rhodes, I think, it was like, they just switched the switch off, didn't they? And, you know, yeah, it's... You, you could have imagined... I think I'm now in such a place in my head that I just think, oh, my goodness, it's bad enough for losing, but social media is going to be such a horrible place for me for the next 24 hours if they lose this game. But I think on the whole on the whole i think you, if you try and stand back from this game look at it in isolation it's actually quite encouraging from where we were on the first morning to the way we batted and, and i'm going to say it because you you guys know i'm going to say it i am so pleased for george bartler i i could have run around and screamed and shouted when he got to that 100 because i've i saw his first championship 100 i saw the one he got at trent bridge with tom abel where they both got quite big hundreds a few years ago um and i I do think he's he's just the guy we need to replace hildy and you know hopefully this is the first he gets another one in the next couple of weeks and he can kick on then over the winter and maybe maybe we're just starting to see the Lachlan stevens effect starting to kick in now
1: yeah definitely i mean the hard work really was done on that third day, wasn't it, Gibbo, when the, the pitch seemed to, as you put it very eloquently, died and went to heaven. and We <laughs> lost two wickets on that that third day. Um, everybody seemed to bat with a lot of concentration, a lot of focus. Uh, they all got runs. I mean, uh, apart from sort of Imam and the night watchman, Casey Aldridge, Lamanby 40, Abel 87, Bartlett that 100. Goldsworthy uh, got his head down for 44 and a little cameo of 22 from James Rue but uh, yeah it was just incredible the way that, that pitch just changed on the uh, on that second evening and as you say died and went to heaven on the third day
0: Yeah it just got, it got uh, slower and, and lower as the game went on it was a good example of um, <coughs> the sort of pitch that we don't want to have if we're going to make the case for four day county cricket because it, um, you know, it it made for a very very stodgy game, and Somerset batted on the third day with great application and determination, all of them, especially after losing a couple of early wickets the night before. I mean, losing Imam without scoring, you yes. know, it was was a real blow. And I think, well, I was certainly worried that, that the pitch would would do more on the uh, third day than it had on the second. In fact, it was the other way around. But everybody seemed to misread the pitch, including Somerset on the last day when they you know, declared, I thought, half an hour earlier than, than ideally they, they should have done. I agree with you, Sheps, they should have made the game safe. Uh, as it was, they didn't make it safe because they bowled so badly in the hour or so running up to up to lunch and, and allowed Warwickshire to get off to a flying start. Warwickshire played it really well. You know, Sibley and Davis. That was a very dangerous partnership. And Will Rhodes and Sam Hayne looked as if they were going to win the game. I mean, I was g- genuinely worried. And if it wasn't for Will Rhodes playing a completely unnecessary pull shot at, at, when Jack Brooks was brought back and getting himself bowled, when all they needed to do was knock it around at five runs and over, which county cricketers can do in their sleep these days. And then and then Brooks got, got a uh, slightly fortunate LBW decision against Burgess, um, uh, the next, very next ball, and and that was and that was it, and relief and joy all round. But it was, it was a mixed sort of performance from from Somerset. You know, for once, it was the batting that really stood up. Yeah, and the, and the bowling that looked worryingly toothless. I, I thought, particularly, you know, in that Warwickshire second innings, poor old Josh Davey he was all over the shop. Uh, and they will insist on bowling round the wicket to left-handers. I don't know whether this is Steve Kirby's influence or or whatever, but they don't get it right. You know, they're they're angling it down towards the next stump, and uh, left-handers can just milk it away through the onside time and time again. And it's uh, I don't know. It was it was we do miss Craig Overton. That's mm-hmm. the, <laughs> you know, that's the bottom line. We, we need him back really badly, because without mm. him, we don't have the firepower to take 20 wickets on a, on a, a you know, not a very good pitch, on a, on a slow, low, low pitch. So I just hope, hope to goodness he's going to be back for Northampton on Tuesday and failing that back for Kent on, um, on Monday week, because without him, you know, we've got problems with, with, uh, with that attack. Well, I thought it. Lewis Gregory, actually. I've just uh, Lewis Gregory bowled better than I've um, seen him all, all season uh, in that game. And he looked sort of, despite the fact he was carrying this tendon injury, he, he was really running in and bowling well, and, and he was he was the pick of the bunch.
1: Yeah, Craig, Overton, uh, judging by a tweet he put out a couple of days ago, he's moving heaven and earth to get fit for uh, fit for North Ants on Tuesday. And you're absolutely right, we, we do need him, because I think that you're... Your description of the attack as as toothless was a little bit exaggerated, Gero. You know, but uh, I, I do take your point. I mean, how do we think Sajid Khan went? Because oh, I didn't
0: think he bowled. He reminds me of well. he reminds me of Don Bess. He, yes, he's, yes, he's, yes he's very good analogy. Right, he's got the right attitude. He, you know, he's he's in at the batsman trying to trying to get them out. He's a similar batsman to, to Don Bess as well. You know, he he likes to go for his shots. The trouble is uh he's not particularly he's not you know metronomic like jack leach so he's you know he he, he bowls the odd four ball here and there and he does not turn it very much um I, it'd be interesting to see him on a pitch which it takes a bit of spin if if he gets to operate on such a pitch which i rather doubt um but without that he's he, he's not accurate enough to to close up one end and he doesn't spin it enough to take wickets. Um, he's a great character, and I, I love watching him. Yeah, it was a great run out sure as well, uh, running sure out Yadav yeah, in that second much. innings. Yeah, yeah. I'm, you know, not sure he's added very much to our to the potency of our bowling attack. Well,
1: he took one wicket in the I match, know, and that he was yeah, one wicket in the match, and that was a slightly fortuitous lbw of uh, of Rob Yates, which. Uh, yeah, I'm was going to cool, maybe just sliding down, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it certainly presents a, a selection dilemma for uh, for North Ants on on Tuesday. Um, one thing I c- thought I picked up about George Bartlett is your interview with him on the whatever it was the, the Wednesday evening. I don't yeah. know if you you picked it up while you were chatting to him, Gibber, but watching it back on the on the socials, fella can't keep still. He's, like, he's got Anthony, he's got He's fidgeting, He's crossing his arms. He's he's moving all over. I just wonder if that's you know they say you, you you bat how you bat kind of reflects your character. And I just wonder if he's sort of a naturally fidgety character, and it, it's more of a a sense that he needs to he needs to kind of just keep himself still. I mean, one thing that I thought would did kind of almost play in, play into his hands a little bit is when they brought the keeper up to the stumps to stop him to stop him wandering around. I thought maybe that might just give him a little bit of focus and and get him to. Keep a little bit more still and not not have this exaggerated trigger movement and sort of keep wandering down the pitch. But yeah, it's the best. The best George has played for a long time. He did. He was keeping
0: still. I think he was making a conscious effort actually to keep, to be you know to be still when he, when ball made contact with bat. It's a point I made on on commentary. It's interesting that I had I didn't notice it. I mean, he speaks very very well. <laughs> When he's when he's being interviewed, and it was very nice to have yeah. the opportunity it to was,
1: interview yeah, him for the first time. Have a little look. it's on the on all the the Somerset Twitter I and will, the socials, yeah. but yeah, he's he's kind of fidgety. He's he's a bit all over the place. So I just wonder if it's a bit of a mental thing rather than uh, rather know, he's, than He's very he's thing. very
0: confident doing it. You know, he's he's a confident speaker. Nice, very nice lad. I was I agree with Steve. I was really really pleased for him.
1: What about Imam? I
3: sort of sorry, sorry i'm just um, gonna got, say crack on. ian my my sort of mental image of somerset over the next five years needs george bartlett making runs at number four if we're going to be successful mm-hmm. you know we've, we've got priorities at the top of the order still i think which we can talk about another time but if we could if we could just say that we've got abel bartlett goldsworthy at three four five and they're our engine room for the next five years you know, obviously we might have Tom Abel going off to skipper England in a year or two's time, hopefully. But, but if you've got that, to me that that would be are There are three characters that <clears throat> over the course of a season. You know, in the good old days, Anthony, you'd be putting down for a thousand runs a season, sort of players, if you know what I mean. And I think uh, I, I think we were on a um, Charlie Taylor show or BBC Somerset at the start of last season. Anthony was whenever it was a couple of seasons ago, and I damned George Bartlett by picking. <laughs> picking him as my leading run scorer, and he has hardly <laughs> scored a run since then. So sorry, George and family, if you're listening, but but I just I think he's looked good in the last few innings, and then got out when he's got in. And this time, you know, when he got to 30, 40, I was like, oh, George, please don't do it again. And, and
2: thankfully, he didn't. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'd, I'd give a shout for um, Lamanby in that uh, context as well, because I, I think I, the 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 upper limit of what he might achieve could be extraordinary. And he, he was almost kind of penalised for being so good so quickly, putting at the mm. top of the order and, you know, but people often I'm, say, well he doesn't could... look like a opener and all of that. And I think at some point we're gonna we are gonna need to decide together yes. uh, if we want him there or or have him as one of those kind of engine rooms as you described, yeah, Steve. I, absolutely I, think I, I still too. think
3: I, I'm still worried about if somebody said we could find two, you know, if we sign Jake Libby and we get one more opener for next season and Lambabee be into Steve, the of 30 order. minutes and
1: 35 seconds into a <laughs> podcast
3: before you mentioned Jake Libby. So he that's probably a record. got big runs this week, Sharp. He got big runs this <laughs> week. I know, he got week. double hundred, didn't he? Um, yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I I agree with you, Pete, but I am sort of think that the, the mindset at the moment is he's going to carry on opening. Hmm. Um, well, he, he batted very, very well. On um whenever it was
0: Wednesday, yeah. Yeah. He, he showed real a- real application, and he can play a long defensive innings. I mean, I go back to the century he got against Worcester mm. in uh, in twenty twenty when he was one hundred and fifty balls over his first fifty, and then the he, he wore the bowlers out and reached his hundred off another fifty balls, and 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 looked you know tremendously classy player. I think he ought to persevere at opening the innings. I think. He just he just needs to find that right balance between defence and attack. He's got a good got a good defensive defensive game, but a bit like George Bartley, he'll be bat steadily, 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 and then he'll suddenly go for a reverse sweep, you know, and 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 get himself out. And rather like Tom Banton up at um, Chelmsford is another good example of that, where he did seem for once to find the right balance between defence and attack when he went after Simon Harmer. Uh, and sort of changed the whole atmosphere of of, of, of the game, but um, yeah, I, I thought Lamond be batted really, really well, and he and and Tom Abel was excellent because Tom um, he was the one who broke the shackles. Tom Abel, you know, because they were they were going on a run and a half.
1: Oh, Gibbo's frozen. Yeah, Tom Abel um, made eighty-seven. You back, Gibbo?
0: Yeah, oh, I'm yeah. here. Yeah, I just thought I just thought he batted really, really well, um, and and he looked to be back back to his best. And it was it was great for him to get the sort of September monkey off his back as well.
1: Yeah, because a lot
0: of people keep saying, "Oh, it's just like last September. Abel isn't <laughs> going to get any runs, and we'll lose all four games."
1: Well, he's 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 uh, um, exploded that possibility. Well, it was looking that way, wasn't it? Yeah, I think I think Tom just needed to get in and and. You know, bat for quarter of an hour, twenty minutes, hit a few balls and then he ju- he just find it, which is, you know, what he ended up doing. Yeah, took a good yeah. ball to get rid of him from Danny Briggs that just missed his outside edge and clipped the off stump for uh, for the Aussie Nelson of uh, of eighty seven. But um yeah, I mean just one slight negative with the batter was uh, that shot that Imam played to get out. He played a very yeah. similar shot again uh, for in the second innings against Gloucester and they were absolutely certain he'd smash the cover off it and he was. He looked pretty guilty um, while the umpire kept his finger down. But then he did it again at that, that second innings and you know, chased a white. Was it second innings or the first innings? Second innings. Second
3: innings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's... Didn't get any runs in the first innings. No, he got, yeah, five and nought. I think he got five him, and nought, didn't he? Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's not there
1: necessarily what you want from your overseas player, is it when you when you've got it's that clear not the
3: return on yeah. investment, is it that no. we haven't we have I was thinking about this earlier. We haven't had a great run of September signings, have we? Because no. we bought Azar back. Um we had a signing in twenty nineteen uh, which I can't even bring myself to mention the name that <laughs> didn't work out too well. Um and I think it segues into what Anthony was saying about so and you were saying Chef about selection for Tuesday. We either prepare a ciderabad and pick the two spinners, or assuming Jack Leach is available, do do we have to swallow our dressing room pride and go, Sorry mate, you're our overseas bowler, but we're not picking you for this game.
1: Well, we've been doing it to Marchant the Langer for the last two years, so I wouldn't imagine it <laughs> it's it's obviously a well prepared <laughs> speech if they if they do have to make it. But, yeah, I take your point. I mean to you you generally will only be playing two spinners if the conditions demand it if the conditions don't demand it you can't not play jack leach so that leaves you with the only choice of to to say to taj mm. camp sorry I mean, and the I,
3: other, sorry the other complication is you've got craig overton hopefully coming back from fitness lewis gregory who I think Lewis Gregory's body's a bit my, my, my left knee feels this morning. It feels like it's held together with a bit of tape and a couple of old rubber bands at the moment. And Josh Davey, who I still don't think from watching him, is anywhere near 100%. So okay. you you sort of want to have not to rely on Tom Abel and Tom Lamanby to be your prime seamers in the second innings of the North Hats game, which is a, you know, so yeah. you've got to really pick Casey at, or Jack Brooks. Which means then you know we're, we're sort of running out of places in the team unless we can do you know the famous pick fourteen that we often do on this program when we uh, <laughs> when we're picking our teams then it's going to be quite tricky isn't
1: it? Well yeah I mean and then we're also assuming that if Craig is is fit we well, we hope hope he's going to be fit but then we're kind of all banking on him being Craig over and in form coming yeah. straight back as well so. Um, Anything else on the Warwick game before before we put that to bed? I mean, my, my only thoughts were that I think the Lackland Stevens effect is what we've kind of called it, I suppose, over the last sort of few episodes. It's never gonna be an instant fix, is it? We're all expect Oh, we signed a batting coach, right, batting coach, you've been in there two weeks, show us what you got. It's mm. not gonna it's not gonna manifest itself like that. I think the first time sort of noticed the improvement in the batting was up at Southport yeah and then again at Essex we batted for a long time and then here as well the, the guy showed a lot of application and and made that game safe on the third day so I think it's there I think it's it's coming I think we maybe just a little bit too uh didn't come on the first day though did it well no but then that was
0: a it didn't for Warwickshire either 82 for seven we could have been bowled out for around 120 and that wouldn't have been so good.
1: It's kind of how the match went, wasn't it? After sort of thirty overs, the new ball was having less and less of an effect. It became easier to bat. I mean, you look at the at the Warwickshire first innings. What were they? Do, 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 do. Yeah, hundred and, yeah, yeah ninety four for uh, ninety five for four. So, yeah. But uh,
0: um, mention in dispatches for Lewis Gregory in that context. Yes, batted of course. Really well in, yeah. In the first innings, and Shepard did the tail really well, and. <sighs> Um, didn't didn't ch- well, he did change the course of the game because without the hundred and thirty odd runs that the last three wickets put on, we'd have been in in a lot of trouble.
1: Yep, unbeaten half century for Sajid Khan. Can you get him in on his batting? <laughs>
0: well, <laughs> he should certainly be batting higher up the order. He's a much better player than Casey Aldrich. With all due respect to to Casey, who's he's, he's too high at um n- at number eight. He should be
3: down at nine or ten.
1: Yeah, I think so. He
3: probably should have night-watched on the Thursday, on the Wednesday night as well. That was, that did surprise me when Casey came out, because in my head I thought he was going to be our night-watchman. That's He's like an so- early night-watch- got that sort of night-watchman demeanour, hasn't he? It, it was quite well. early
1: as well, wasn't it? It was about eight overs to go, nine, yeah, nine yeah, overs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I, I can understand that, though, because just going back to my point about Tom Abel not getting off to any starts, I think... Not wanting Abe's to start twice, I think was probably a, a factor mm. in that as well. Although he he ended up doing it, and all's well that ends well. Mm. Right, what have we, have we missed anything else from Warwickshire? I don't think we have.
3: Jack Brooks's golden Warwick, arm again. Yeah, again. He seems Brooks to be against, he, he seems to be becoming that. He? Yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He does it in quite noticeable style as well, is not it? He doesn't bowl like. A spell where he picks up one for ten, and another spell where he's got two for seventeen. It's a couple of wickets in and over, all the drama, etc.
1: Yeah, I suppose a lot of people were saying, um, "Oh, when uh, Brooks got his contract extension uh, signed earlier this year, so, oh, I'll be signing Brooks. He's too old." Well, ladies and gentlemen, Exhibit A, Warwickshire at home; Exhibit B, Warwickshire away. He's an Exhibit bowler.
3: C. I'm sure is what we don't see. It's the influence he's having on the younger bowlers. Yeah. I'm sure he's a really good influence on Casey Aldridge, Sonny Baker, Ned Leonard, and even Josh Davey and the likes of that, I reckon. He's a really good guy to have in around the dressing room.
1: And of course his uh his former county North Ants are visitors to Taunton this week, which I'm sure if he nice was segue. Play, Nice segue. Yes, nice, if he segue. was to play, that would be an interesting situation, wasn't it? But I've got my I've I've got up to seven for my team for North Ants. And I'm. Do
3: you say seven or 17? Sorry. I've,
1: well, I've got it to seven, which are the top seven. <laughs> and right. And then, uh, yeah, what do we do about the bowlers then? Because we're going to work on the assumption that, that Overton's fit and Leech is available.
3: So is Overton. Gregory's your seven, presumably. Gregory is my. Nice.
1: Yeah, same top seven right. as Warwickshire. And then how do we well, then, fit
3: Leech's Overton? And Overton? Overton, overtonate. I'd be inclined to have to include Brooks and Leach. Because I think, you know, I'm just so worried about Josh Davies' fitness. And I know he bowls so much better with Craig inside, but oh, it's, I mean, it's so hard, isn't it? Because, you know, we really want to be at the training session yesterday, today, whenever they've had one and see how everyone's rocking up. If Lewis Gregory's not really fit... You put Casey Aldridge in for Lewis Gregory, but I think it comes down to Jack Brooks or Josh Davy myself.
1: With no consideration for Sajid Khan, then he's no, nope. no, nope.
3: no. Nope. Assuming Leachy plays, if you're going to pick, you, you've got make it binary. It's Leach or Khan, and it's Brooks or Davy in my view. Because I would, I'd still want Casey Aldridge in the side.
1: Yep, I agree with that. I mean, he didn't have a. a... Casey didn't have a total stinker up at Warwickshire. What did he? Uh, what did he pick up? Uh, two for thirty in the first innings off fourteen overs, and then two for thirty nine off twelve overs in, in the second innings. So well, perfectly respectable performance for a young young seam bowler.
2: Northants North are a really decent batting side. They've I mean, um, got a lot of players who can make big scores once they get in. So I think the the question is, we need we need wicket takers, essentially. Um, and then that depends a bit on the pitch, doesn't it? As to which way, which way you go. Um, I
0: think they'll go safety first. I think it'll be a pretty flat pitch. I think they'll be content with a with a draw and plenty of bonus points. Given that Kent are away at at uh, the Aegeus Bowl,
2: in which case yeah. a couple of spinners who can bowl a lot of overs, Turn in, in different one left arm, one right arm.
0: Okay. I think that's what I'd go for. Yeah. I'd go for Overton, sajid leach and Brooks, I think, but I certainly wouldn't leave out Lewis Gregory if he's fit because uh you know his his batting is is so important to us but um and I agree with with Steve I think uh, Josh Davy, I don't think he is fully fit. he was several times in that second innings he was clutching his hamstring and his side, and goodness knows what else. And I, th- I think he needs he needs a break. Even with Craig Overton, hopefully Craig Overton coming back into the side. But if Overton doesn't come back into the side, then um, I don't know. It's a close call. I think Casey Aldridge probably mm. rather
3: than rather than Josh Davies. Mike, see I would I would never say this in the presence of anyone in the Somerset hierarchy, but. My concern is I don't think we've necessarily been getting the pitches we wanted this season. Has it
1: been hierarchy? <laughs> Hello, we've got, like, the, the top of the tree here.
3: <laughs> yeah, That's what exactly I'm saying. Got... Yeah, I'm trying... It's <laughs> called <laughs> irony. <got> <laughs> <laughs> it's called irony. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping Pete would Pete would do his diplomatic thing and look the other way for him, listen the other way for a minute. I do not think, though, that we've had a couple of times. Certainly when sort of, Anthony comes on at the start of the game and you listen and he says... You know, this is that. And then after 10 or 12 overs, I'm thinking, maybe it's not the pitch we wanted here. Or certainly we've won the toss and battered and it's zipping all over the place or vice versa. and It looks as flat as, you know, the old Jimmy Cook road of the 90s sort of thing. And I'm just... That just slightly we know what we're going to get at Canterbury a dreadful I mean Canterbury pitches are dreadful at the best time at the end of September they're even worse so I I suspect Anthony you can check out after the second night in Canterbury (laughs) next week but yeah I, I, I hope we do go for a you know I just take the points at this stage and hope Kevin James's boys do us a favor down at Southampton yeah
1: Yeah, the Division 1 table, I think, uh, I'm going to do it from memory now, Somerset on 123, and then you've got Kent and Warwickshire both on 115, and then whatever you like, Gloucester, doesn't matter, matter, they are totally out of it, yeah, (laughs) they could be on minus points, it doesn't matter, Uh, pains me to say it, sorry Anthony, I know they're your your second favourite county, and inexplicably, (laughs) not sure
2: why. I should imagine, yeah. Steve, it'll be count kind of as a successful season for Steve if Kent and Gloucester are the two relegated, aren't they? Oh, Isn't
3: happiness, it? Pete! Happiness, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'd rather they were both bottom of division two, but I'll take bottom of division one. It's <laughs> okay.
1: Oh well, in, in, in twelve months' time, Steve, you could have your wish. You never know. <laughs> yeah, it, difficult. I mean, I suppose the thing about the the, the spinners is you kind of want them on on a a real side or a bad or an absolute road. Mm-hmm. it's kind of almost never the twain shall meet you don't want your your two two or three fast bowlers slogging it out for over after over getting absolutely no response out of the pitch I'm to. So if you've got, if you got like,
0: two test match bowlers in your squad you surely need, ought to be using them
1: yeah i think so yeah. and um,
0: and preparing a pitch that that you know will offer them something i mean not not too much i, I suspect but if you look, look at the bowling attack, particularly without Craig Overton, those two, Sajid and, and Leach, you know, have, have got to be our, our main weapon, mm-hmm. our, our our biggest asset.
1: Yeah, and it never really seems about at Taunton, no matter what how much uh, how much grass is on the pitch. As we saw, um, Tom Abel get suckered into st- as we saw Tom Abel got stuck in, uh, sucked into sticking Gloucester in uh, for that game a couple of weeks ago with a hint of green on the pitch. Similar for Lancashire. Um, uh, last home game of last season. Um, yeah. I'm going to be diplomatic and, and, and wait to see the pitch before I, I pick team. but I've definitely, no, I've definitely no. got to have Over and definitely got to have Leach. Um, I'm probably with you about being a little bit hesitant about, about picking Davey, but I'd, if, if Brooks is fit, I'd go
3: with Brooks as well. I've got to confess, guys, I don't know an awful lot. I've seen much of North Hance this year, but just looking at the scorecard again, Sorry. Please don't quote me back on this. When we're seventeen for three on Tuesday morning, but their their bowling attack isn't exactly terrifying. Let's say mm-hmm. Sanders, uh, Sanderson, like Anderson. Williams, Luke, Luke Proctor. Yeah, Sanderson's a bit of a handful, I know. But and then Sales, who I think is the young, the son of David Sales. Yeah. So and so we got four twenty one against them and a hundred overs. So you know. <clears throat> at Wantage Road. so It clearly wasn't the Wantage Road pitch that Anthony saw last time he was up there a couple of <laughs> years ago. That That's a great game. <laughs> isn't it, Isn't it bonkers? So you go into the... You talk about the madness of the fixtures and that. Our last two games are our one-offs, aren't they? We haven't played North Hance this season, unless I'm completely missed a game. Oh, yeah. And we haven't played Kent this season. Nope. We're just...
1: Are you suggesting some sort of conspiracy
3: theory, Steve? No, no, no. I had, I've, I've done the. I've done the Jake Libby show. I'm not going to get the conspiracy <laughs> theory out today. Oh, we're up to seven thousand nine hundred
1: and fifty-two. I think, if anybody's keeping count, I'm certainly not. Right. Best of luck to Tom Abel and the boys then for uh, Tuesday at uh, at the County Ground, taking on North Hance. Um I think a win and we should be safe, and a draw well we'll probably need to go down to uh to canterbury and get a draw or better against kent um that game's starting tuesday which is a, a quirk of the fixture list not starting on it wasn't ever planned to start on monday this week Then i don't know what they'd have done if the uh they had it had because of the because of the final yesterday yeah, i yeah, guess the they London had final. room for a
3: reserve day and-
1: righty-ho so um busy week of i was going to say ins and outs but just outs really um first one uh this was a rumor that was uh was uh flying around that ollie sale was going to be off to north ants um that was confirmed by the club this week he signed a two-year deal up at Wantage road so i don't know um if he's going to be at the ground this week and which dressing room he's going to be in but uh officially joining up with him from uh from november is ollie sale um fellas had pretty rotten luck with injury hadn't he? and it was you know, sort of a couple of years ago he was being groomed to be the death bowler in T20s and then he just had pretty much a season and a half out with injury and then when he came back he um, didn't really pull up any trees in the Raw London One Day Cup and sort of that, was, that was that really, contract expired at the end of this year and a bit like Eddie Byram last year in the, in the Raw London One Day Cup didn't really give the, um, the higher-ups uh, enough of a case to, to grant an
3: extension. No, um, I know Mike Unwin's mentioned to me in the weeks. Obviously, he's a lot closer to second team in cricket than any of us are, and he was quite effusive in, you know, wants to say something about Ollie Sale because he's obviously a really nice guy and a good character. And I think when Mike's been at the second team games, he's been, you know, quite forthcoming and always comes up and says hello and thanks for coming, sort of thing. So it is a shame, but. Uh, hopefully it's one of those where you know we hope Eddie Byron go to Glamorgan would be what he needs and hopefully it's the same uh, does it? Does he have to change his name to Sales to fit in at Northampton <laughs> though because it seems to be contractually obliged if you're going to be a success at Northampton you know Ollie Sales. do you think that's why be, they signed him they thought, he, they thought he was one, you another can ask one and, of David's kids you can ask Andrew missed. Rad Anthony you Anthony, <laughs> Anthony, <laughs> can ask Andrew Rad tomorrow if he's going to call him sale, or sorry Tuesday he's going to call him Sales when he signs for them yeah, but uh, it's one of those, isn't it? You know, it's not It's not one where you go, oh, no, that's a real shame, which the other mm-hmm. departure is, although it's inevitable, it's it's quite hard to take, really, because, you know, he's given us so much fun and pleasure and, and th- everything you want in a Somerset cricketer is Max Waller, really, in my mind. So, you know, that's a real sad one.
1: Yeah, that was announced uh, yesterday. Max, uh, via an open letter, um, has announced his retirement. Um, again, with, we, uh, just like with Trez and with Hildy, it's a shame that a, a player who brought so much to Somerset's T20 cricket just didn't get uh, a champagne farewell.
2: You well, know? he's going to have a testimonial. He is next having year. a testimonial. So, uh, mm. uh, with the Gloves, you know, tried with Max to find a way of overcoming that. Because, mm. as you say, he's a very very special cricketer i mean uh, Mm. long-standing loyal and um uh in 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 a sort of modern day way in the sense isn't he because if if you look at the number of overs he's bowled for the county it's it's not that many because he can only bowl four at a time but they've been crucial in so many really important games through a period of (laughs) sustained high performance so yeah i think he he deserves that special recognition and it's been lovely to see all the kind of uh plaudits to him on the announcement
1: yeah just a shame he didn't get he just kind of slipped away from that t20 team didn't he really he was um the last season he he just kind of fell out fell away a little bit and then hasn't played a game this year apart from
3: um he got an injury in a pre pre t20 Mm -hmm. season game didn't he and that sort of meant he didn't make the starting 11 and I think he was always going to play catch up from there
1: yeah he played in the Sri Lanka Development 11 game uh, played yeah. a couple of Royal London games um, I think he played against Notts didn't bowl and then played up at Gloucester and only bowled a, a few overs up there so would have been nice to see him go out at Edgbaston a few, uh, a few weeks ago lifting the T20 Blast Trophy but uh, unfortunately not to be but yep yeah, testimonial uh, next year for Max Um. Andy Cleavers popped in a question and Say, what's your favourite Max Waller memory? Well, I think-
0: well, mine is... Uh, that, I mean, the catch that, that he took against Middlesex was obviously brilliant. That, but I, I remember one down at the AGS Bowl. I can't remember who the... It might have been, it might have been James Vince. Um, and uh, he hit the... I uh, can't remember who the bowler was, but he hit it down the ground. Max was feeling at sort of uh, mid-off. And he ran back towards the... Towards the hotel, with the ball coming over his left shoulder, dived full length and caught caught this ball two handed about a yard inside the boundary. I mean, it was just an absolutely amazing catch. The speed, the you know, the ground that he covered to get there, and the judgment that he showed with his ball, you know, coming coming over his over his shoulder. It was an absolutely stunning catch. So that would be my memory of of Max.
2: I, th- I think that a couple of years ago at Chelmsford, he bowled an absolute pie to Dan Lawrence, who's, who just sort of lobbed it up in the air in <laughs> <and> a completely <laughs> yeah, bad yeah. shot and, 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 and was caught out. And Lawrence looked completely horrified. and uh, yeah. And Max and most of the Somerset fielders, I think, were just sort of laughing at this <laughs> extraordinary situation and that—that—that uh, that, that's a, not necessarily well a long way from being Max's best ball but definitely a memorable moment I, I saw the question
3: from Andy and I thought that is a horrible question I can't mm-hmm. possibly answer it because he's one of those players I've got I think my favourite Max Waller moments any time he fielded for Somerset and I know that's an opt out but it's a bit like saying to me what's your favourite trails innings for Somerset just too many for me and just somebody who you know we you look at the team sheet you see he's on the team sheet and you know he's going to be entertaining it's going to be fun you wish if you're not a camera on him the whole time um you know and it's just uh, he's one of those as well he's he still seems so young to me you know he's Mm. he's got that wonderful gift of not looking his age and it just seems for that reason as well wrong so i think it's a great by the club to give him a testimonial lecture and i hope he you know, it gets probably recognised by everyone because he deserves it. Yeah. I'm
1: sure there'll be plenty of stuff going on uh, for Max's testimonial. I think for me, it's just the way that he just... Uh, nine times out of ten, he would bowl that first over the innings in the power play. More often than not, he'd pick up a wicket and he would go for six or seven runs. And just his, his ability to do that. Mm, because yeah. he was... He was always um flashed up on the screen, Max Waller, leg spin. But he very rarely bowled a, a big turn in leggy, it was all sort of top spinners, or googly sort of stuff out the front of the hand, just sort of mixing it up and um opposition sides knew it was coming. They knew more often than not that Waller would be bowling that first over at Taunton, and then more often than not he'd pick up a wicket and only go for six or seven. And doing that over a, a you know, a long period of time is, is a phenomenal effort. Um, I can't mm. believe England never thought to give him a go, give him a look. You know, he was, uh, he's pretty hopeless with a bat at, at sort of um, domestic T20 level, but a two dimensional cricket, as we said, he's an incredible fielder. And yeah, mm. I'm, I, it, it's baffling, absolutely baffling to me. I mean, we know what can go wrong if you go, we know what can happen if you both get leg spin wrong at Taunton. Matey Boy for, for Derbyshire the other week going for eighty odd in his four overs at the hands of Riley Russo. I think Max put out a tweet or or comment or something. It's not as easy as it looks, Bowling Legs been at Taunton, is it? Um, <laughs> but that, that just kind of puts it into context, doesn't it? What he's done at you know, the club mm. love to say it's the highest scoring T twenty grand in the world on all their, their social posts and and you know, Max has has chipped away there going at uh, I've no idea what his uh, his actual economy rate is at Taunton but I'm I'm willing to bet it's probably substantially less than a lot of his uh a lot of his um compatriot not compatriots, what's the word contemporaries. That's the word I'm looking for. So yeah peers. Peers, contemporaries, um any advance on that? No, nope, fair enough. Right, um yeah, so um, all the best to the future for, uh, for Max Waller. Another question in from uh, Jacob Lund. Jacob, I'm not sure if your tongue is in your cheek here. He said, should Somerset sign Darren Stevens? <coughs> uh, not sure as what, uh, Jacob, you're not <laughs> said as a player, but, uh, yeah, Darren Stevens uh, retired from cricket at the end of the season at the age of, what is he even now, about 104, 105, <laughs> something like that? 47. 47. Yeah. God that's a hell of an effort from steve and uh jacob's second part of the question well uh was sajid worth the money so far it's a bit of a slightly loaded that slightly one isn't slightly
2: it? loaded. Um, on i think boat. he's taken he's taken one more wicket than ameverdi for us hasn't he yeah, that's true. How many did Verdi get in that <laughs> game at Southport? One, was it? I don't think he got any, but... that, that didn't get good. any. Uh, um,
1: what did he get? One at Edgbaston. Did he get two of the second innings against Gloucester? I think so. <laughs> um, yeah, but we'll probably caveat that with he hasn't really had a proper turning pitch to work with. Um, Edgbaston just went totally flat. Taunton seems totally flat these days, so... Um, it'd be interesting to see he may not get another go for us, so um, the jury's out. And uh, as, as to whether he's worth the money, well, we don't know how much they're paying him, so you know, if it was uh, if he's on minimum wage, it probably it probably would be, you know, <laughs> eight pounds 90 an hour or whatever it is, it's great value, but uh, and uh, Max Wallace's
0: Wallace economy rate at Taunton is 7.63. That's
1: that's incredible. That yeah. is absolutely incredible. Over uh, what's that? That hotline to
3: that hotline to Eli's is
1: well
3: <laughs> That's impressive.
1: Yeah. So if you're if you're thinking at 200 being par at Taunton, Max is uh, is going to 153 yes, yeah. on that economy rate, which is absolutely incredible. It's only, fir-
0: only slightly. It's only slightly more than his career economy rate in T20s, 7.34. So you wow. only go for seven point six at Taunton is
1: that's incredible, incredible achievement. And further, yeah, further bolsters my point of how the hell did he not get a, even get a look in it, at England? Absolutely incredible. Uh, Jacob then goes on. Who do we need to sign for next year? Well, wow.
3: I refer the honourable gentleman to my earlier answer, <laughs>
1: Mister <Jacob> Libby. <laughs> There's a name that's uh, I, name that's being mooted around, which it, top order bat, which uh, we're, we're in not all allowed seriousness, to say.
3: Although it's become a running running joke. You're freezing yeah.
1: quite a lot, Steve.
3: Yeah, sorry, I don't know what's wrong this
1: morning. Yeah, there's a um, well, there was a, a name that we're not allowed to say on the podcast, but uh, um. You have got wind of it, no, have you? Shed well, I, I've I mean, got, you know, I've got, I've got my ear to the ground. You know, I've got my ear to the ground. That's <laughs> rumored. That's rumored uh, that he's coming. Well, but I think it's a bit more than rumored. I think it's it's a, it's a done deal. From what I can gather. Oh, happy days!
0: Oh, I look, don't know why they haven't announced
1: it. Well, I look forward yeah. to. Uh, well, maybe it was just a quite a busy week this week with uh, you know Ollie Sale and Matt Waller uh, Max waller leaving. So, who knows? The club
2: also. Now? I mean, at, at the risk of. Um, creating a whole new kind of podcast at a, a late stage i mean the club we've also put out our statement on the high performance review uh, it's, it's yeah, awesome. next, uh, next on the agenda please
1: next on the agenda don't worry, okay, about don't worry yet. we're going to do yeah that was probably going to take us an hour so uh strap <laughs> yourself in listeners this is going to be a long one just pop through the last of the listeners questions then uh oh andy clee what sort of pitch do we need next week does this depend on craig overton's fitness what a high scoring draw plenty of bonus points suffice could kent winning the one day cup in impact their championship form in a positive way oh blimey um uh, what sort of pitch well one that we can beat north on. does this depend on craig overton's fitness maybe uh, would a high scoring draw plenty of bonus points mm. I think we'd be happy with that I could keep winning the one day cup impact their championship form in a positive way uh, I'm not entirely sure how many of their championship side are regulars in that one day cup team I don't think they lost many to the hundred Billings is the only one that jumps off uh, jumps to the top of my head Pete you're Zach you're, Crawley oh Crawley yeah yeah Denley.
2: <laughs> plays in the 50 over anyway I mean, the thing about
1: Crawley is, normally, if, if you're England openers coming back to, uh, to your championship team, you just as an opposition, you're like, oh, no, they've got him back, but with Crawley, you're kind of thinking, oh, that's maybe not too bad. <laughs> Rotten form he's been in uh, all this year. Uh, Richard Freeman, looking ahead with TKC coming in and Bartlett-Rude goes and Banton all having hit championship hundreds recently. Who's your top six for next season? I'll tell you what, Richard, we're going to park that one and I'm sure we'll be covering that over the winter once the ins and outs have um, all been confirmed Uh, David Wyatt uh, who do we leave out for Craig if Gregory is fit does Sajid make way for Jack or do we play two spinners and only three seamers the following bowlers in my opinion must play Overton, Leach Davy and Brooks no way the ferret can be omitted I think we've had a good chat about that one and uh, hopefully you already answered your question David and there was one that snuck in from Mark Long uh has Sajid Khan been a mistake in signing? Should we have gone for an overseas seamer instead? Should we have gone for an overseas seamer mm. instead? Yeah, it was well, I then there will be a case up. of what was available
3: at short notice.
1: Uh, yeah. well, exactly. <laughs> um, not quite sure, Mark, to be honest. Um, I think with, with Craig back, the Seam Bowlers, I mean, presumably we could have we got Siraj. He was available just didn't get in there quick enough mm.
3: Yeah. <sighs> difficult it's yeah. really difficult and I think we've wanted an off spinner for forever since Don Best left
1: yeah we can't sit so on I every podcast the log- going we need to sign an off spinner we need to sign an off spinner and then when yeah. we sign an off spinner when for you know at least two games where we know Jack Leach isn't going to be available moan when we sign an off spinner a test match quality
3: off spinner yeah so yeah happy with yeah. that right. I'm excited. it's 2020 vision
1: I think you jump the gun about the SEC board statement, which is now on now item four on the agenda. I
2: was um, worried you'd missed it.
1: Oh, I could never miss this. It's jam-packed week this week. Uh, so the club put out a statement this week uh, in response to the ECB men's high-performance review. Um, so, I read it out in full or not? I'm probably going to waste more time. I'm in an iron about whether I read it out in full or not. Uh, but there was a couple of good points here. Um, Point three was, over a season, a diet of cricket across all formats, which is satisfying for members, paying spectators and players, is required. The current domestic playing programme, which resulted in only four one-day matches, being played in Taunton over 43 days at the height of summer this year, with 17 Somerset players unavailable, is unacceptable to the club, its members and the Southwest cricketing public. Point five A path is needed to a sustainable funding model that will enable counties without a test match venue to thrive at the top table of English cricket and allow Somerset to continue to provide a strong talent pathway from the entire southwest region through excellent county cricket and into England teams. (coughs) So, you can read the whole statement. It's available on the the club (coughs) website. I mean, that first point I read out is absolutely spot on yeah four four days cricket down at taunton in the in the summer holidays is an absolute piss take i mean let's,
3: let's be totally frank about it i would i would love to be able to go back and work out how many days cricket i watched at taunton in the summer holidays and i know we always had the western festival in there as well and i was lucky enough that dad used to take the week off and we used to go up to the western festival as well but my my rose-tinted memories of Taunton in the summer was that pretty much every week I had a game at Taunton to go and watch. So, you know, I, I sort of thought to myself, if I was that age now in Taunton growing up, would I be as mad about cricket and Somerset cricket as I am That's very hard to get kids engaged, which is what we're looking to do after all. You know, well, that was great. I really enjoyed that, Dad. When's the next game? Oh, we haven't got another game in the next two weeks' time. Oh, OK, a football season's starting. Off you go, you know. So, spot on, absolutely spot on. I, I'm, You know, it's just, I, I, I'm almost at the point I don't want to say anything anymore because I'm just so exasperated by it all.
1: Yeah, I mean, we've, we've certainly discussed um, the effect of the 100 at length. Um, the
2: hey. questions that, I mean, the questions that have been asked by a number of counties have been sufficient <laughs> to postpone the high performance review, discussion and decisions for a year. So um, in that sense, uh, not not job done, but job opened up for further uh, consideration. So um, uh, I guess the challenge is that uh, even if things roll on for another 12 months, the, the summer, which we've just experienced, hasn't been great for the Cricket and we've got playing in public of uh, the Southwest. So, uh, uh, but but we're our 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 voice is being uh, expressed. It's being influenced by what uh, not just members are telling us, but supporters and potential supporters. Because I think Steve's right. We've got to think about the 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 people who are going to be coming to watch cricket in the future. Uh, their their views are in, important too. So. You know, on, on on we go. I guess we're not at least we're not good news. We're not faced with a kind of disastrous set of decisions or an ultimatum that has fractured the game completely. We've got new um, leadership uh, at the at the ECB. There are going to be some important and challenging conversations, uh, but with a bit more time to reflect and and influence them. I think so. That's kind of how I think we see it at the moment. I think the differentiation
3: in point five as well about the non-test playing grounds was very subtle, but needed <laughs> to be said. And I think that's a, that's a very important marker that's been put down there. So whoever drafted that particular bit, fair play to them, because that, yeah. that really resonated with
1: me. Are you suggesting just non-test just match
0: venue? A lot of people have been saying that, that, that the implication of that, apart, you know, that sustainable funding model is Somerset and Gloucestershire bidding for a hundred franchise i i didn't read it like that initially no. is, is that is there anything of that in it peter
2: there are, well there, there are there are all sorts of options aren't there that can be considered in the context of laying out what are uh negotiating bottom lines or red lines are if you like so that sort of speculation is more in the heads of the people who are interpreting the interpreting the the statement, so it, it it doesn't kind of rule it out, but it doesn't advocate for it. I think there are we're trying but to what, create. What
0: space. is what is the Somerset position on, on that though?
2: It, there isn't there isn't a position on on that specific. The position is the statements <laughs> that have been laid out about we've got to have a lot more cricket uh, in the West Country and we've got to have a, a funding model that works for the that works for the club.
1: Are you going into Paxman mode, dear Gibbo?
2: Yeah.
1: Is. <laughs> what is the club's position on Did you threaten to it's overrule, a, it's a him? Fine, it's
0: to overrule him? It's a fine statement, yeah. but in all honesty, you know, it begs more questions than it answers. You know? Which
2: is the situation we're in, and that's the stage of the discussion, isn't it? I think.
0: Yeah. You know, it's it's, and I'm sure members are very happy to, to see the club, you know, um, staking out its its position, but it doesn't actually take us any nearer to finding a a solution. I don't know if you you. you I'm sure all three of you have read this week's Cricketer, which, where the, all of this is Cricketer magazine. which has all being uh, debated, and again, you know, it's all questions and no answers. And and personally, you know, I cannot I cannot see the sort of outcome from this that's going to satisfy the vast majority of Somerset members um, in terms of what they want to see in in their cricket fixture list for seasons going forward. I just don't see that. It's. It. Uh, Peter's absolutely right. It's all been put back, which is good. Um, but put back to what? You know, uh, there doesn't seem to be any sort of breakthrough on the cards because the bottom bottom line is that with the hundred occupying the August, it's just squeezing everything else out, and something's got to give, and it won't be the hundred, the way things are looking. It's, it's all very th- depressing.
2: Well, I, I, I think. Yeah. I think that the 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 counterpoint to that or the reflection I have on that at the moment is that if we had wanted to force a very quick resolution to all this matter, it definitely would have been something utterly unacceptable because of some mm-hmm. of those fundamental points that Ian has read out. So we've landed the the fundamental points, um but we haven't, yeah, we haven't got a. Uh, a resolution outcome, but we've got time to work that through and think, I think, increasingly clearly with one another about what are those non-negotiables or special kind of qualities that Somerset County Cricket Club stands for and that are the reasons why so many of us um, regard uh, what the club does on and, and, and off the pitch and why we spend a sunday morning chatting to one another about all of this why it matters so much to uh, to so many people and we can't let that go so let's be clear with one another what those uh, uh qualities are and take them into what are as you say going to be really difficult negotiations because there are powers at play here globally actually that are influences on uh the 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 TV companies that that fund so much of the game and the players that we want to watch. Yeah,
1: yeah it's it's a, as you say, but it's it's a good first step. I mean, we're, this is not going to be done and dusted in a week. I think we need we need to accept that and, you know, that bit of give, a bit of take. Um, I mean, one thing I I don't want to see is uh, a a fudge of effectively playing the second 11 championship. During the hundred. Because we've already got the second eleven championship. And we can go and watch that anytime mm. we want. Mm. Well, not any time we want. Um, mm. but anytime it's on down at down at Taunton Vale. Um I think possibly promoting a, that second eleven championship to uh, they're Mooting about having the, the Bob Willis trophy, this kind of regional first class competition in, in August. I'm I'm not a fan of that, but Gibbos hit the nail on the head. The hundred is this immovable feast that Seems to be completely extra to all this negotiation. We've got to and this and all this business. The hundred is fixed in its August prime August slot and, and can't be moved. And we've got to try and rearrange the furniture t- to fit it with. And it's whichever way you do it, when you've got this fourth competition sat there, it's it's going to be nigh on impossible to to please everybody, <coughs> unless they split the hundred and gave two you had two weeks of blast or two three weeks of blast in the summer holidays and then two or three weeks of the hundred i I don't know but then if you're splitting these competitions you're not going to get the overseas players in so you're almost back to square one aren't you
3: exactly exactly that's the thing is it's like going back to playing the blast every friday night the financial commitment of the clubs to have riley russo there all through the season is compared to what it is you know just doesn't make sense for him either because he's going to miss other competitions he could be playing in um that's the difficulty isn't it you know it's and also i took i think anthony made a sort of tongue-in-cheek point on comms about it on thursday i think it might have been wednesday where he went i really don't want to be driving to canterbury in the oval on a friday evening (laughs) through the summer every week and that's it's true but it's also true with the rest of us you know if for those of us who are a distance away and want to come down to games or whatever, we've got to do the same. And at least if there's, you know, I've been very lucky over the last couple of years, obviously, but if there's a game on a Friday and a game on Sunday at Taunton, you've got a chance of making it a worthwhile trip for those of us who live away. And that's got to be a consideration as well. You know, um, just, it's the same up here. You know, if the Roses games at Old Trafford, and I did fancy going and seeing that, I certainly wouldn't want to be going into Manchester, on a Friday evening, compared with say a, a Tuesday evening or a Sunday afternoon or something, it's just common sense, you know. Good. Just going, just going back to the hundreds Come last, don't they? We come absolutely last in all this. So, yeah. Just, just going back to the hundred. Um,
0: um, there is an argument that if you can't beat it, the next best thing is to join it. What do we think the, about that?
1: The Western Dragons.
3: Oh, yeah. They'd be the West Country Wyverns, wouldn't they? Then <laughs> <laughs> no, Anthony's head would actually explode. <laughs> we well,
0: couldn't see it happen at that point. Well, actually, the, the Wyvern is the symbol for Wessex. Ah.
1: Mm. But, yes, um, so you could the Wessex, the Wessex
0: Wyverns. But we discussed this actually on commentary because and and Wessex doesn't include Gloucestershire, so that that, that wouldn't work. No. But you know, if would we rather have? hundred cricket being played at taunton and bristol during august than a county championship second 11 competition i mean that's you know yeah. that would be interesting I, yeah.
1: to know what the public response i tell I'd you what i I'd, I'd tell you what i'd like to see at, at taunton much more than that while the hundred is going on put a test match at taunton against one of the um, sort of minnows or associates an afghanistan or an island that would sell out. It would give the cricket mad public in Taunton a real focus. I'm not. It wouldn't. Certainly wouldn't um, alleviate the uh, the damage that the hundred is doing in other places. But from a, a selfish Somerset fan perspective, I think that would be a, a hell of a compromise. And I, and I think it was. It's one that would go down really well with the Somerset faithful.
2: Mm. They're quite. There are quite a few, yeah. There are quite a few um, options uh, that, when you start looking at scheduling and different sorts of cricket and all the rest of it, that could be consistent with the principles that that we've laid out. And it might be that a next stage in the uh, conversation could be to lay some of these specific ones out, so i'm not going to mention particular ones at the moment because if i mention a an option people will think it's sort of <laughs> fine. And, and i do i do have um one or two that i that i prefer to to others but um it will i think it will be important to take the temperature and get a sense of well what are some of the solutions that could be consistent more or less with these principles and then then we can have a kind of wider engaged discussion as opposed to saying um is it this or is it that because i think one of the risks in this discussion has been that we are or we, and by we i mean kind of fans of the county game at the moment associated with somerset are too often characterized as being anti-change and you're either for it or against it and we're not against change because we have said there are so many things wrong with the scheduling uh, at the moment we don't want things to roll on as they are we want something that works better for more people especially um the supporters now and of the future in the in the west country so let's think laterally about what some of those options might be and and see where we get to
3: yeah can i can
2: i just quickly
3: say and I've, i i'm very anti hundred but i think i've di i've reasoned this through because of this this talk about a West Country franchise, and I think this is my problem with the hundred. If the West Country franchise was genuinely Somerset with Bracy, Chris Dent, and a couple of others, you're going to piss it, off a lot of Gloucester you know, fans. Saying that, see, Steve. I'd I Steve. <laughs> yeah, not if, that many you know, of them will be listening to, to t- this t- podcast, obviously. But if you pick, but seriously, if you picked and you had the chance of seeing Apes and Craig Overton and Lammonby and Banton and Co at Taunton in August I could get behind that because I'd still feel you know it'd be okay I'd have to I'd have to swallow my lifelong dislike of all things from Gloucestershire but I could get behind it because I'd feel that was my team I can't get behind a team where we've got Johnny Bearstow playing for us and Lewis Gregory cap- captaining the opposition that's my fundamental problem you know the same way as Joe Root when he's available plays for knots or something it's just insane and until they sort mm-hmm. that out and give it a bit of regional identity that that to me is is a large part of the problem you know i think i think what, what happens is the welsh fire will actually disappear because i think that's a that's a franchise doomed to failure unfortunately Ooh. for them but you know
1: breaking news i don't think it's going to disappear i think sorry I breaking think, news i, I, I just had it's... a tweet i just had a tweet craig overton is bowling in the nets Good. Simon Hancock has tweeted that. Andy Cleaver's tagged us in it. Um, I can't quite see how... It's quite a way away, so I can't actually see uh, it, if it is Craig or not. Might be That's Jamie. It, might be. Oh, God, that'd be a turn-up, yeah. wouldn't it? Um, yeah, when's his contract think. I don't think, I don't think a West... <laughs>
0: I don't think a West Country 100 franchise is on the cards. I think what would be on the cards would be a, a Wales in the West one, because of what you just said, Steve, about the problems with Welsh fire. Which isn't working out very well, and and you know
1: a much more overt part. Oh, everyone's Wi-Fi is being dodgy this morning. Yeah, but that's been censored <laughs> by the ECB police. <laughs> it's correction. Have you watched that? The capture is yes. brilliant. Highly correction. recommend that. Gibbo's being corrected. <laughs> Western Storm is the model. Yeah, I totally agree. It, 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 yeah, yeah, it does inspire yeah, yeah, right, me. That, right. But I suppose they want it to be city-based, don't they? Which is uh, we don't quite. Get into that kind of trendy. City, then sorted. Job done. So, sorted. There we go. It'll be first thing on uh, King Charles's agenda next week: make build build a cathedral in Taunton and make make it a city. Um, right. Do we have any other business, chaps? Oh, one one other thing that I forgot to mention earlier is the the River Stand is officially being renamed the uh, the Hildreth Stand or the James Hildreth Stand uh, at lunch on the first day of the Northants game next week. That'll be Tuesday. Um, the club put out, put out a statement saying members are requested to to not sit in there for the morning session so they can get everything ready for the uh, uh, for the ceremony at lunchtime. I saw a few negative comments mm. about that. <laughs> oh, we can't sit in our seats for a session. It's ridiculous. I'm like, it's Hildreth. The fella's an absolute mm. legend. You can sit ten <laughs> yards away for for a couple of hours just so the club can get everything ready for a, for a legend for this opening ceremony. But uh,
2: hey, I, 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 I- assume people will be able to find a spare seat
1: well exactly I'm sure well yeah, there might be one or two one or two three well so we've got our Western Storms um, campaign in the Rachel Hayhoe Flint uh, trophy uh, well it didn't necessarily come to an end but their loss to uh, Northern Diamonds uh, last week meant that they uh, uh, they're now unable to make the playoffs they're playing the uh, who is it they're playing Thunder up at Old Trafford that's where uh, where Dan is at the moment on his uh, yeah Thunder up at Old Trafford uh, this morning that one's uh oh. that was already seven minutes uh seven minutes in uh diamonds made 334 for six holly armitage made uh unbeaten 131 uh and then storm with 230 all out in their uh in the 46 over uh danny gibson making a very good 76 or 59 balls supported by sophia Smale. but uh, unfortunately a little bit too late they uh, the storm openers couldn't really get it away during the uh the power play to get that chase off to the start it needed to uh, get off to right fellas um any more for any more done a good stint this week not for me an hour and 10 nope.
2: more or less the, the only other thing i was just going to mention is that if people can make it down on tuesday as well as the um uh hildy stand uh, being unveiled there are um, a number of old players come in um uh, which should be fun. So you might see some familiar, slightly uh, more ageing uh, faces. Uh, you do a bit of kind of "I Spy" the former Somerset cricketer uh, in the in the margins of the game. And I was just uh, totting up the number of first class runs and first class wickets that the people who might be coming have have taken, and and I w- made it sort of just over fifty one thousand first class runs could be present and if you add Hildy's 18,000 to that yeah. that's uh, 70,000 isn't it and nearly uh, 3,000 uh, first class wickets so uh, Is it 18,000 yeah, or far. is
1: it 17,994 no, 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 no. we, we sorted 000. that out yet? Yes 18, we have
0: 000. it is 18,000
1: Happy days <laughs> yeah uh, might not be able to make Tuesday with Monday now being a bank holiday I have a bit to catch up on our work but hopefully be there <laughs> on Wednesday and hopefully on Friday or whatever the last uh, the last session of play is for county cricket at Taunton this season. Right, two more games to go. Are we going to stay up? Of course we are. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. Definitely. Right. Well, people are going to hold <laughs> us to this. I shouldn't have asked that question. Uh, <laughs> lovely to catch up uh, as always, fellas. Um, hopefully I'll see you up there in the week. And uh, yeah, uh, look forward th- to. Yeah. All right. Good stuff. Best of luck to Tom Abel and the boys this week against North Ads. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch up with you next time.